If you happen to bring your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. As we sang together, it's great to hear your voice. I'm reminded I know what it feels like to sit there. I'm excited what God has for us. I will be as a brief sermon as I can be. I haven't preached in three weeks, so good luck with that, right? And so, anyway. All right, is there more work preparing for the storm or after the storm? And probably a bit after, but preparing was a bit of a nightmare for us as well. I don't know about you, but the biggest thing was, let's make sure we get everything that could blow away tied down. Anything that the, in the storm's path that we care about, that especially outside, let's make sure that we put it in a place where it is secure. If it doesn't have a firm foundation, if it's not going to stay there through the storms, let's make sure we take care of it. We've been looking at a sermon series called Pillars. And it's the pillars, it's these great truths that have survived the storms of life through the centuries. These are biblical truths that have survived even the dark ages. Emerging out of the dark ages, the Reformation, they kind of rediscovered these pillars of God. Say, man, look at these truths that are staying there coming from God's word. We must live our lives according to them. And really the big question they were asking is this. How in the world can any of us stand in the storm and the fury of a holy God, right? I mean, God is holy. God is without sin. How in the world can we be right before him? That was a question that, again, is being asked. How can we be justified? What must we do? And there's such good news of the gospel that every one of us needs to hear again this morning. That salvation is of the Lord. And one of the pillars that we looked at is is salvation is by God's grace alone. It's only by God's grace he initiates with us. He's a good, loving God. He knows us. He knows we're a mess. He knows we're broken. As a matter of fact, he knows that on our own, we're we're dead in our sins. We're by nature children of wrath. But God's grace alone. Man, may that God's grace move toward you this morning. We also saw that it's not just by grace alone. It's through faith alone, another pillar. Through faith alone is our connection to God, not by what we do, not by works. Believing. Not doing is what saves us. Believing the promises of God. Believing that God's Messiah, Jesus, has come to rescue us. That's our connection uh, to this great gospel. And it's according to God's word alone. It's not the church and God's word or history. It's God's word alone is our only authority. And then it's in Christ Jesus alone, this incredible pillar. that that Jesus is the object of our salvation. He's the instrument of our salvation. Jesus, well, he's, he's our life. And in his life, death, and resurrection, our identity, our hope, our hope is in him. So these are these pillars that we've seen. And the last one we have today is this, for the glory of God alone. We are to do all things for him and through him and to him. We're to live our life so the world around us knows he's real and he's good and he's loving. Everything he does is for his glory. God never works and does anything apart from his glory. It says he created all things to tell his story and to display his glory. He governs all things so that his glory, his providence can be seen. It's a mystery at times, especially through storms. And he recreates, he makes new everything for his glory. Now, God's not a big egomaniac. You think, come on, God, why are you doing everything for your glory? The reality is this, because he is God, the greatest thing he could do is all things for his glory. But he says this to every single one of us as well. We too are to do everything for his glory. Not just some things, not just Sunday things, but all things for his glory. I want to look at three, briefly, three things today. God has gifted all of us. God has gifted each of us. Secondly, for the blessing of all of us. And lastly, so that in everything, God may be glorified. Let's look to God's word. I'm going to look at 1 Peter 4. 
read 7 through 11 and one verse in Romans 11. I'm going to kind of narrate this as I go along, so let me pray. Father God, come and join us in power with the preaching of your word. Keep us cool, but warm our hearts. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Peter writes this, the end of all things is at hand. Interesting. Anybody think the end is at hand after the storm, right? Um, oftentimes we've had earthquakes and all the things the Bible tells us and storms and wars and rumors of wars. And I don't know when the end is uh, actually going to take place. I have no idea, but this is what you need to know. We're in the last chapter. We're not only in the last chapter, but nothing has to happen before Christ returns. It might be today, perhaps today, perhaps in another millennia. I don't know, but I know that when Jesus came, he said, these are the last days. This is where we are right now. The end of all things is at hand. We're in the last chapter. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Isn't that interesting? He wants us to have such a relationship with him that not even our communication, our prayers should be hindered. So we, we should be uh, self-controlled and uh, we should live a life that is not hindering our, our prayer life. Come on, wind. It feels like a good breeze, though. Um, above all, keep loving one another earnestly. I love that. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Do we have a great opportunity to do that right now? And thank you for doing it. And here's this. As each has received a gift, every one of us, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to read one verse out of Romans 11, verse 30. Uh, Romans 11, verse 36, and it says this. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, what we see is this in this passage is one. God gives gifts to each of us. One of the great blessings of uh, being without power this week is I really got to know my neighbors. Anybody else finally get to know their neighbors? It's amazing what happens in the storm. We've eaten together. We've shared resources together. We've gotten together. The first time I've really gotten to know uh, some of my neighbors, and I'm embarrassed to tell you, but that's the reality. But one thing is clear is we have different gifts. And this passage will say it's God who gives every single one of us gifts. They're varied through his varied grace. Some are speaking gifts. Some are serving gifts. Um, it's interesting, um, working on our generators together, I realized that I have speaking gifts. <laughs> I have no other practical gifts, it seems like, mechanical gifts. But God has given us each gifts. It's amazing. I have a, a neighbor who's a, a pilot, and he's resourceful, and, and he's been able to get this thing running and humming. It's amazing. Uh, but listen, you've been gifted somehow. And maybe God has gifted you to make things. Maybe he's gifted you to fix things. Maybe he's man given you things to manage things or teach things or count things or arrange things or prioritize things. There is not one person here that God did not gift. You have been gifted by God. And the second thing is this. You've been gifted by God for the blessing of us all. That's what it says. Did you see the story of the man who bought the last generator at Home Depot? One of the best stories that came out of this. He buys the last generator at Home Depot, and all of a sudden, a lady crumbles in tears. 
because she realizes she's got to go home without a generator to help provide the needs of her elderly father-in-law who needed the generator, the power to sustain the medical equipment to help keep him alive. And as she was bursting into tears and crying, the man who had the very last generator rightfully said, give it to her. Let me, let me use what I have to be a blessing to others. It was an absolutely incredible story. And by the way, do you guys know that apparently after you use a generator, you're supposed to clean it? Do you know that it's supposed to be stored properly? And you know, listen, listen, don't store it with gas. Make sure that you change the filters or clean the filters, the oil, and the spark plugs. After Charlie, some beloved friend gave me a generator. Yahoo. And that generator actually started up and worked during Matthew. Yahoo. And before Irma came, I was smart enough to start it to make sure it worked. And it started up. Yahoo. 20 minutes into the storm, and let me tell you, we lost power 6.30 Sunday and have not gotten it back. 20 minutes later, it says, I'm done. I'm not working anymore. And I realize, what do I do? My neighbor comes over, and he's like, well, did you check the air filter? I'm like, what's an air filter? I mean, okay, did you check the plugs? I'm like, how do you get to a plug? I mean, it's, and we took out a thing called the carburetor, and it had, like, a really interesting color. They said, well, just take this and scrape this stuff out of here. Do something, Jeff. Be useful. But... Um, it's amazing because I had neighbors who were able to fix it. Now, here's the cool thing. One of, one of you all, one of my Orangewood beloved members came by and says, Jeff, we have power. Would you like to use my generator? Oh, yes, that would be fantastic. I would got my generator fixed up, gave it to my neighbor. So my one neighbor, because we come together, work together, he's got one generator. I have another one. And another neighbor to the next of us is running power cords so that he can have power as well. You see, God gives us gifts to be a blessing for others. That's what God wants us to use power for. Gifts are power. The power of God's blessing is to be a blessing to others. God has not gifted us for ourselves, my friends. He's gifted us to be a blessing of others. Can you imagine if Duke Energy said, okay, here's the news. We have 75% power. That's good enough. We're done. Oh, my goodness. I mean, people are already in outrage. It's not good enough. I know that we're in the top 5% of not having power still. But the bottom line is if God has given you a gift and a power, he's given you that to be a blessing for others. It's not for yourself. And lastly, why? It's not for you, and it's not ultimately even for them. It's for him. He's gifted you for him. He's gifted you to bless others for him. And lastly, so that everything God may be glorified. The goal of using our gifts is to be a blessing for others. The goal of our gifts is that God would receive glory. Want to know why? So the world will see him through us. So the world will know him through us. So the world will love him through us. Matthew 5, 16 says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Verse 11 in 1 Peter 4 says this, In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to him belong glory, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. In this verse, the word everything here means everything. I love what 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. God's saying it's something as small as eating, drinking, the mundane things of life we should all be doing for his glory. Romans eleven three thirty six 36 that we read says, all things are be done for him, through him, and for him. What does that mean? For him. God's glory is our purpose, his renown, his fame, his love. Through him, God's power is our life. 
and to him, God is our life's focus. This is the formula, my brothers and sisters. God has gifted each one of you. But add to that for the blessing of all of us. Add to that so that everything God may be glorified. We can't leave any of those out. Do you know how you are gifted? The Bible talks about certain spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. Are you using your gifts, your God-given power, to be a blessing to us all? Don't be a hoarder of God's power. Are you doing all things to bring God's glory? Remember, in this one, two out of three isn't enough. You're gifted to bless others for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you the way that you love us. You've gifted us with your image. You've gifted us with your son, Jesus, as a savior. You've gifted us with the Holy Spirit. But God, you've given us specific talents and gifts. Why? So that we can enjoy life and enjoy you. But why? So that we could be a blessing to others. And God, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. We need each other. Every gift is special and every gift is needed. But God, every gift has to be used in a way that we love one another. And as we do that, we bring you glory. God, may we be a people, may we be a church that does all things for our, the glory of our great God, through uh, our great God, and to our great God. So why? So the world may know, so that we may know, so that we can see Jesus in our midst. God, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for how profoundly blessed I have been because of them. They have loved this pastor so well. And I'm so proud of them as they love their neighbors. Holy Spirit, stir us to love and good deeds. We thank you that all the things that you call us to do, never to merit your affection or never to be able to be justified in your sight, but because of Jesus and because of what he has done for us and because we are yours, may we use the gifts you've given us for the blessing of others and for the glory of you. We pray in Christ's name, amen.